Portions of this podcast may not be suitable for children. It's real-life stories and sometimes PG-13. Where I found truth, there I found God, who is the truth itself, St. Augustine. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, portable insight, and engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life, faith, and just what could be possible when the two are combined. Broadcasting from the beautiful Great Lakes state of pure Michigan, here's your host, Dan Henderson. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Think Twice TV podcast. We've got a great show lined up for you today, and yes, I'm finally sharing my own story. We'll get to that one later on in the podcast. This episode is called From Darkness to Light. Our first story is from Gina. She was once a practicing Satanist, but somewhere along the way, God pulled her away from that. Let's listen in now. Growing up for me wasn't your average type of life. I came from an abusive, alcoholic household. My dad beat my mom day and night. My mom was also a drunk. She always left my brothers and I home alone to go party. Even when we were babies, she'd leave us in the crib and go party in the complex next door. Family would have to come break down the door just to get to us. My dad was diagnosed as an alcoholic at the age of eight years old. He went to AA meetings all his life, but kept leaving. Due to his addictions, he nearly died four times, but narrowly survived each time. And my mom was hospitalized at times as well. With this type of home, I grew up bitter, resentful, and full of hate. I cared for nothing that had to do with love. I was an atheist at first. I didn't believe in God or Satan. Then I was at a bookstore one day and I saw a black book and for no reason at all. I was very intrigued by it. I picked it up and I looked at it. I analyzed it. It was a satanic book filled with studies of witchcraft. I wasn't sure what to do with it, but I put it back and left. I was still spellbound, but I couldn't stop thinking about the book. I was telling myself it wasn't real and it was all made up. But then I went back and bought it. And this is how it started. I loved Eminem the rapper and I worshipped him. And soon that opened the door for me to follow Satan as well. I had a Bible, but it was a satanic one. And I would pray to Satan day and night. I started getting tormented spiritually. Some would call it haunted, but basically being attacked, and I loved it. I fed off the attacks for some reason. To me, that was love, being pounced on by evil spirits. I would beg the devil to attack me when I wanted to feel love. I did witchcraft drugs, cut myself, was in deep depression, and enjoyed every moment of it due to Satan's power over me. I then changed high schools. My boyfriend at the time, came along and fell in love with me. I couldn't understand why someone would love me. He was from a Christian family and I had no idea at the time. By the time I found out, I was already in love with him too. Then, when we got more serious and he began to take me to church a year after, I refused to go at first. I was always mean to him and his family, whom I was now living with at the time. I always used blasphemous words towards them when they would talk to me about God. I couldn't understand. 
why they kept letting me stay there anyway. I always yelled at him. He never yelled back. I was like, okay, what is it with these people? I'm screaming at them, trying to possess them with the devil, and yet they just smile and walk away. I was waiting for someone to get mad at me, yell at me, or say something negative so that I could feed from the devil. But no, there was none of that. I needed it because hate was love to me. Until I finally realized what love really was. Then he took me to church one day. I gave in, trying to make him happy. The pastor came to me to pray for me. And he said that he loves me. Everyone in the church came to me and said I'm welcome in the church and that they loved me and that I'm loved and not worthless. I couldn't get around it. I was so confused. <laughs> then about a year after I was going to church on and off, I then went to get prayed for and that was when the real changes started. I fell to the floor as I was possessed. This powerful prayer ministry lasted about two hours or so. It was a very intense deliverance, or so I heard. I woke up out of it and I threw up. I was shaking and could not keep conscious. My boyfriend carried me to the car. I sat there not saying a word for three whole days. Then amazingly, I felt free. Of course, I was wishy-washy for a few years. God one day, the devil the next. Two more years after, I gave my life to God, completely. I was then baptized and I have been in the walk with God for over nine years now. Today, I'm absolutely in awe of God. Sometimes I still don't even understand why he chose me, but then again I do. He loves everyone this way and he wants a new life for them. My dad is now sober, praise God, and it has been six years since he has had a drink. He is now a counselor for AA. His day job is an audio engineer. He has been doing that his whole life, but now he is sober while doing it. My mom, she's still struggling with addictions. I'm working on prayer for her, my dad is too. So my boyfriend and I got married, and now we have a little boy and girl together. I praise God for what he has done. Matthew 19:26. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not stumble in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, it's so nice to hear about Gina leaving that life behind and finding new life and light through Jesus Christ. Our next story is from Katie. When I met Katie, she seemed just like everyone else, but little did I know she was dying on the inside. Her heart was thirsty for Jesus, but her life was pulling her further and further away from faith. Let's listen to Katie's story. I was raised in a very religious home. When I got older, I eventually started going through the motions of getting up, going to church, doing the things I was supposed to do. My falling away from the Lord happened very fast. I quit reading my Bible and I did just enough to get by at church. Before I knew it, I was leading a double life, wanting the things of the world and the things of God. I quickly found out you cannot serve two masters. I had a rebellious attitude. I thought that I didn't need God or the whole religion thing. I wanted to do things my way and just have fun. 
but that road wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. I became heavily involved in drugs, alcohol, and popping pills. My depression became so great that I even resorted to trying suicide a few times. On one occasion, I remember waking up the next day and I was actually sad I was still alive. The road that seemed so fun before had become a dead-end street that was covered in darkness. The fun of partying only lasted for a while, then my hurt and my pain just came right back. It was obviously at the end of my road. I knew my life had to change or I would not have one. I prayed to God one night, the first time in years, and I told him that I loved him and I wanted to worship him again. That I needed his help. I needed and wanted the peace that I once had. The very next day, I was at work and a Christian friend asked me if I would like to go to church. I knew that God had heard and answered my prayer. It rattled me. Even after I prayed and asked God for help, I was still fighting him. I knew he sent that friend to me to help me. I did end up going to church that night and I have not quit going since. The Lord has been speaking to me and I have never been closer to him in my whole life than I am right now. Jesus wasn't lying when he said in his word, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I knew the Lord spoke to people, but I have never felt him speak to me. Now I know if you search and you seek after his face, he will reveal himself to you. God is awesome and he has saved me from death. Through him, now I have abundant life. I praise him every day for bringing me through and giving me peace and my life back. If you don't have the Lord in your life, I hope that you will seek him with all that you have and find him too. John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Yes, you guessed it. I was the friend that invited her to the church. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but God really rocked her world with that timely invite. You never know when or how you can be an instrument in the hand of God. That's one more reason to be tuned into his spirit, setting aside some time to pray, read the Bible, uh, and then live out your faith. Okay, here we go. Now it's time for my own personal testimony. It does have a supernatural element that I guess some would call paranormal, but let's collectively buckle up for your Think Twice TV podcast broadcaster story, Dan's story, Finding Truth. If you would have told me just over 10 years ago that someday I would be clean and sober and free from drug and alcohol abuse, I would have laughed at you. If you would have told me as well that my entire life would be changed through the power of Jesus Christ, I probably would have told you to F off. By looking at my outward life, you might have thought that everything was okay with me, but others knew differently. The truth is, my life was a disaster. I was going off the deep end. Depressed and bored with life, I got into heavy drinking and drugs to escape my problems. In that state of mind, I still thought I could find satisfaction, living a wild lifestyle. My run-ins with the police were common. However, I was never sentenced to any real serious jail time. I was an extremely selfish and self-centered individual. I lived to drink and drink to live. Living like that nearly cost me my life in a serious drinking accident. The police that found me were writing up the DOA report when I rolled over out of a pool of blood and I passed out. The next day I laid in a hospital bed simply thankful to be alive. That's what it took for me to realize that things needed to change. 
Time and time again, I tried unsuccessfully to stop my reckless lifestyle. For some reason, I couldn't just let go of my destructive habits. One night, out of curiosity, I started reading a New Testament Bible that a family member gave me. As I read, I noticed something unusual began to happen in me. I felt convicted of my past actions and rebellion towards the God that created me. Then I began to pray. I was really trying to get closer to God, but I found it was too hard to let go of my old lifestyle. So for a while, I wavered back and forth. In a lot of ways, I was afraid what my friends would say about me if I became one of those weirdo Christians. I needed help. My alcoholism was worse than ever. My usual routine was to crush at least a 12-pack of beer a night, or for me to drink a fifth of liquor or more on any given night. Nonetheless, I was praying with all my heart, asking God, help me to change and show me why I can't change. This was my prayer for weeks. I know God heard me because shortly after, a very strange and unexpected thing happened. Each night, I started to see incredible visions. I say visions because I was awake through these episodes. I know what was revealed to me was a real peer into the spiritual world. It would always start the same way, with heavy darkness covering over me. Darkness so heavy that it could be felt. It was like a pressing down on me that was so heavy I thought that I would suffocate. At first, I thought I was losing my mind. I mean, who really sees these kind of things? I began to make out these black forms with twisted hands and claws that could cut and tear at my soul. No matter how much I would struggle, there was no escaping them. These demons would put me into a state of paralyzing fear, far beyond all terror or anything else I've ever known. The pain was horrendous, being that they were tormenting my soul and not my body. These afflictions left me with no relief in sight. Not even death would stop the pain because I intuitively could sense that my soul would live forever in this darkness. These shocking occurrences happened many times throughout the period of one week. It was as if the more they tortured me, the more powerful and pleasured they became. I'll never forget the way they communicated with each other. It was like a sickening, foul language that sounded like fingernails scratching on a chalkboard, only amplified to ear-shattering levels. It was the most hideous sound that I've ever heard. No matter what I did, I couldn't make it stop. I was a powerless victim. I could find no rest and I was barely getting any sleep. I struggled with thoughts of suicide and at times I feared I was going insane. Finally, at some point, it was clear that God was trying to show me the truth, that demons own my soul and that I was bound to this darkness. This was my final turning point. I decided to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior with my whole heart. No reservations, no fronts. I truly gave my life over to Christ, and at that point, I didn't care about anything else except pleasing God. Nothing was going to stop me from clinging to the Lord at that point. I was genuinely repentant, and I wept over my rebellion and sinful life. In my heart, I knew that God had heard my cry. That night, the demons returned and began to press down on me, until I remembered that in the Bible, Jesus can cast out demons. I called on him like a scared child, and at first nothing happened. Then at the core of my heart, I believed with every fiber of my soul that Jesus could save me. I still remember speaking these words. No, I believe Jesus can save me, and in the name of Jesus, leave me. At that very moment, it worked. A bright light with unparalleled power and peacefulness broke through the darkness. The once monstrous mountains of evil were whisked away like puffs of smoke. This was truly an extraordinary, life-changing experience. I really did have a new life. Alcohol no longer seemed attractive to me. Instead of sleepless nights of horror, 
I found peace and rejuvenation. Where fear and doubt was, now faith and trust broke through. Some people ask me if I still see things, and I can honestly say no. But it did dawn on me that God had mercy on me and showed me my spiritual condition. It humbled me to the point of desperation, and by giving him my life, I've been transformed forever. The book of Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. You are the strength I Hey, thank you for listening to my story. I know it's a little intense and it might be hard for some people to understand or explain. And you know, when I used to hear stories like this, I would think, man, that person is crazy. But <laughs> I lived through this and I know what I saw and I had no intention on giving my life to Jesus Christ. I had no intention on becoming a Christian, but I was desperate and I needed help. So I started praying. I said, God, help me to change and show me why I can't change. He really delivered on that prayer uh, and he showed me that I was going to be going to hell uh, and that hell is not a place that he wanted me to go. Uh, when we actually see what's there and what lives there, we would run as fast as we can in the other direction. And that's exactly what I did. It's been over 15 years now since I've been serving the Lord. And you know, my life hasn't been perfect, but God has been very good to me and I've never had to go back to my old ways. My dad mentored me in the media and here I am now. Now I'm heavily involved in media production of all types. If you would like to see a short video about my finding truth, visit youtube.com backslash media messengers and look for the video entitled Finding Truth. Or you can read my full story at thinktwicetv.com backslash Dan. The song that you heard at the end of that testimony was from a husband and wife musical team called Brad and Rebecca. Brad and Rebecca are friends of ours. My wife went to music school with them. You can look them up and find them at bradandrebeccamusic.com. Check the show notes for links. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. It's time for the absolute basics of the Christian faith from seedbed.com. Answering those burning questions like who is God, what is salvation, and many more. So, let's take a bite. The absolute basics of the Christian faith. What is required for salvation? Jesus saves us from the disruption and destruction that came from our disobedience. The question for us then is, how can we be saved? And the Bible tells us that salvation has two main pieces, repenting of our disobedience and believing Jesus Christ. Repent in the Bible means to change your mind, and the word believe means to fully trust. Now, it must be said that repentance is never fun. The Bible recognizes this when it describes the feeling that leads to true repentance as godly sorrow. It's a moment when you hit rock bottom, but there's hope. As Frederick Buechner says, the gospel is bad news before it's good news. 
Believing in God moves us from rejection of ourselves to following someone better. So imagine again that you're there in that cave, and the king calls out, surrender or be destroyed, and you throw down your weapons and wave the white flag. The king gets off his horse and comes into the cave, and he says, have you turned away from your rebellion? And you say, yes. Very well, the king says, but there's something more that I need. Being a citizen in this kingdom doesn't just mean not actively rebelling. It means actively serving the king. So the king asks you to trust him fully, and you agree. Well, if you trust me, the king says, then you have to enlist in my army and help to turn other rebels back to serving me. And that's what belief looks like. It means fully trusting that God's ways are better than our own. Jesus doesn't just deliver you from your old life. He offers you an entirely new one. Repent and believe, Jesus says. And that's what it takes to let God save us. The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith from Seedbed.com You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Many of the stories you've heard today are available in video format at our website, www.thinktwicetv.com. Find original videos, true life stories, and content to help you grow your faith at thinktwicetv.com. It's time for a bottle of Bill's Wisdom, a short single-serving message of wisdom from our friend, Pastor Bill Leach. You know, man can do almost anything he can imagine. He dreamt of flying. He imagined a bridge across Long Island Sound. He determined to go to the moon. I can hear John Kennedy's words ringing in my soul. We are going to go to the moon. We're going to go to the moon. Not because it's easy, but because it's hard. We will go to the moon. And we did. What a story. God placed us in the garden. He said, here's my world. Be fruitful. Multiply. Be a leader. Be a builder. Take care of it. If you cut down a tree to build a house, plant another one. Don't hurt my creation. Cover your tracks. We didn't do a very good job of it. We're paying a high price. There's another character in this drama. You know, every good story features a a protagonist and an antagonist and, and a hero or heroine. I suppose in this story... Technically, we're the hero. God is the protagonist. He's for us. He's for our world. He wants the best for us. He loves us. He knows what's best for us. But there's an antagonist. We, he goes by another number of names. He's God's enemy and becomes ours. We call him the devil or Satan. Another name is Lucifer. He enjoyed a similar start as man. God made him so powerful so mighty, so handsome, so wise that he stood next to God. He's Lucifer, son of the morning. You can read snatches of his story in two prophecies in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Now these prophecies, God's directly speaking to certain rulers and certain nations, but Most Bible scholars see in them a veiled description of Satan himself, who is the true ruler 
uh, making decisions through these kings and these nations. Listen to a, a couple of these veiled descriptions of Satan. First, Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15. How have you fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn? You've been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost height of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the depths of the pit. Then Ezekiel 28, you are the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, and emerald, chrysolite, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you down to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. We know that in his pride, Lucifer said, why should everyone worship God? Look how bright I am. I shine like the stars. And in his pride, in his desire for worship, in his desire to be God, he staged a rebellion in heaven and we know a third of the angels were thrown out with him. They, he may have been an archangel and maybe over one-third along with Michael and Gabriel that we read about in, uh, in Scripture. We're not told where he went. We know from time to time he is, he is commanded to report in because the book of Job begins with this, this cosmic kind of picture behind the scenes and Satan is called before God to give a report of his activities. So we don't know where, where he went, but... But one day, Lucifer discovers to his chagrin that God had put someone else in his place. Where he once stood now stands another man. He walks with God, just like Lucifer once did. Whereas Lucifer has nothing to control, this man has a whole world at his fingertips. 
He has dominion. He's naming animals. There's far more to that than just the concept of saying, well, I think that's a lion or whatever. You know, he, he's studying their personalities. He's looking at their potential. He's giving leadership. He's managing them. He's bringing out the best in them. He's ruling the earth. He's over the seas. He, he is standing next to God in fellowship with God. And Satan then can't get at God, so he decides to get at God's creation, at the one who is in his place, and he, he craftily attacks his nemesis, his alter ego, his better self. He attacks man through the temptation. And we know the tragic story. Eve eats, and then her husband follows suit, and they sin, and they... And they eat, the, they eat the fruit. They eat from the tree that they are forbidden to consume for themselves. And what is holy, what is special, what belongs to God, when they take it for themselves, it becomes a curse to them. And as a result of Adam and Eve's sin, they died spiritually and ultimately physical death followed. But more maybe more than that, they delivered the dominion that was theirs to enjoy, the stewardship, the oversight. They delivered that for this world over into the hands of Satan. And now Satan is called the God of this world. We use phrases like he's the prince of darkness. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the ruler of this world system. Remember in Luke 4, 6, and 7 when, when Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness. He shows him the kingdoms of the world and then he boasts, quote, I will give you all their authority and splendor, referring to the kingdoms of the world. Now notice this, for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want, so if you worship me, it will all be yours. Satan is still trying to get, he's trying to get God now to worship him. He's saying, hey, if you, you, you can bypass the cross. You don't, have to take, you don't have to take the suffering. You don't have to take the curse. I'm, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the kingdoms of this world if you'll just worship me. You'll note in the temptations that when Satan, who is a liar, tells his lies, tries to weave the fabrications with Jesus. Jesus corrects him in every moment of that. But you know that Jesus doesn't contest Satan's words, for they have been delivered unto me. He doesn't say, no, Satan, you're lying about that. Man delivered himself into Satan's hands as Satan's slave, and with it came the dominion that man controlled. Satan now stands in the place of man. Now with this drama in mind, let's come back to the Genesis account. When God made Adam and Eve, placing them in this incredible world, how was he going to protect Man, how is he going to protect you and me from becoming proud? Thinking that we should be God, thereby making the same rebellious error that Lucifer did. Lucifer's problem was pride. He got, he got to believe his own, his own uh, ratings. He said, I should be worshipped. I'm great. Look, look how's God, how is God going to protect Adam and Eve from doing the same thing? He places in the garden a tree saying, 
Now remember, you have wonderful powers and you're incredibly wealthy. But always keep before you who really owns everything and who owns you. Don't forget who owns this garden and everything in it. Because the day you forget who owns all the silver, all the gold, all the land, all the oceans, the day you forget that, you will be in the same danger Lucifer was, and you'll be tempted beyond your ability to resist it. It is who owns. Is God king or am I? Who runs this place? Is God in charge? Who is the boss of my life? Our next episode is entitled Sick and Tired, Shattering Substance Abuse. It will feature Travis's story, Vicodin Was My God, and Clemmy's story, Liberty in Christ. Thank you so much for listening. If you could do us a huge favor and share this podcast online or with someone you know, we would really appreciate it. Thanks again. If you have a testimony that you would like to share, uh, let us know. Uh, find us at thinktwicetv.com. Thanks. This venture is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association. Revealing the love and power of God through media. www.mediamessengers.org If you like the show, follow us on social media and please help us reach more people. All our social links are in the show notes. While all our stories are true, some of them have been read by voice actors.